welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that seeks to find middle ground within life and the wellness world. My name is Jenny Omani. And I'm Annika Buckle. Just your friendly weekly reminder that if you are enjoying us, we would enjoy you giving us a review, sharing us with your friends, um, making a little nice comment on whatever your podcasting platform of choice is. It is a very small act for you, but a very large act for us. So thank you for those of you who have done that. Aww. Um, you know, I was just thinking if we needed any trigger warnings and we don't. Oh, oh, <laughs> so hallelujah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, no need to go watch animal videos. Although, although <laughs> I will say a great way to reset your central nervous system, especially before bed, animal videos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, we're gonna talk about collagen today. I am collagen so supplementation. I'm excited about this. <laughs> right. Right. That's the important distinction. There. Mm-hmm. Have you ever um, taken a collagen supplement? Yes, I have. And um, I do have collagen that I add to things still. So we'll see oh. if I decide to reevaluate my choices after what we talk about today. Do you anecdotally feel like it has done anything to you? <laughs> I will be honest with you. Part of the reason that I use it is I add it into smoothies because it has protein in it and it's an easy way to get 10 extra grams of protein. Yeah. That's I'm actually surprised that you would use it for the protein because it's like so low protein compared to other (laughs) just powders that you can, but it doesn't have a taste. I will say, whereas basically any protein powder has a taste. I don't want to use protein powder for my kid. So this is an easy way for me to get protein in her without her like being this is gross or me being like oh no I've given her 30 grams of protein and she's nine. Oh dear <laughs> well and you know that's actually such an interesting point because I will say I used to use a collagen powder and I was what I was so blown away by was how well it dissolved and um didn't leave a gritty texture mm-hmm. or because I find a lot of protein powders can be gritty they have or they've a crappy got stevia taste. and I don't like yeah. that or, right it's yeah. yeah and so part of me is like I'm sure there's a reason why the protein powder industry hasn't just like <laughs> manufactured things the way collagen peptides have been manufactured but <laughs> if the protein powder industry <laughs> is listening <could> maybe today. <laughs> make a protein powder that like is not flavored and doesn't taste like ass that would be Amazing. I guess the bigger question is, do we even need protein powder? But that's a topic for another day. <laughs> that's not to one thing at it. One version. That's time. a topic for another day. Today, tell me if I'm going to stop putting collagen in my kids' smoothie. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you will. To be honest, um, I think we're going to come full circle here. So well, that's this is what the middle ground looks yeah, like. So yeah, yeah. No, love this it. I'm is here for it. Honestly, not even a super divisive topic, except for. Um, there's just not a lot of sound uh, right. sort of agreed upon-ness with it all. So right. people can get divisive on that. But like, it's nice in the sense that, you know, the amount of like real big old negatives are, I mean, they're there, but they're not, not the way they are in other things. There like, are a lot of things with really big negatives. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Bulletproof coffee. We could start there if we really wanted to talk about 
things we consume that have big negatives. <laughs> you could go back and listen to us talk about the Jenny Craig diet if you're really Oh my wanna. gosh. <laughs> I know. There's a lot. You could go back to a lot of episodes. Okay. So we are going to talk about collagen. So collagen by definition is um, the most abundant protein in our bodies. It's about 30% of our total protein makeup is from collagen. Um, and it's a primary building block for, uh, like skin, muscles, bones, tendons, ligaments, connective tissues. Um, it's in your organs, blood vessels, intestinal lining. There's like 20 types of collagen and they all have like different functions. So let's just appreciate that collagen is a heavy hitter and is really abundant, does a whole lot of important stuff. And we're going to talk about maybe one of the least important things it does, but that we seem to care most about. <laughs> I'm just going to, uh, I'm not trying to spoil, uh, spoiler alert your episode, but I feel like often when something has to do with our appearance, it becomes real popular with, uh, the capitalist economy. <laughs> totally. Well, interestingly enough, like the literature that's like of reasonable quality on collagen supplementation is actually for like joint pain. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. And, and so that actually, that feels like if that works, that feels important to know. Totally. And I think that if you are somebody who has, you know, um, particularly chronic pain, you've probably run the gamut and there's all sorts of, it's nice to see research in areas that aren't just based in anti-inflammatories and other right. things. And there's nothing wrong with anti-inflammatories and there's a place for them, but like there's, that's where the body of literature sort of sits right now that is agreed upon with collagen. Um, and then that literature gets extrapolated to right. other areas and that's where there becomes some divisiveness. But when we're looking at collagen from like a cosmetic perspective, which is what we're going to do today, yeah. we're looking at, um, like how collagen. So what it does is it gives structure, um, like strength and elasticity to skin. It's basically like a framework or like a matrix and it's really tight and close knit, uh, when you're younger and then it breaks down with age and becomes looser. So that looks like, um, skin that's wrinkled or like crepey, saggy mm -hmm. skin, particularly in uh, face is, you know, what a my, lot of this is targeted at. Decolletage. What's the word for totally. it? Yeah. I, decolletage. It's, it's getting a bit crepey. I'm, yeah. There you go. I'm in my forties. It's starting to crepe a little. It's starting to crepe. I know. Right. Damn it. Um, but your body basically produces less collagen as you age. And then it peaks in your thirties, early thirties, and it starts to decline by about 1% per year. So here we are. <laughs> so here I am noticing it now. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag this is us. Um, <laughs> so interestingly, from like a wellness warrior perspective, <laughs> one of the best ways to decrease your like collagen breakdown is actually to wear sunscreen. Um, and we do need to have an episode about sunscreen. We've talked about yeah, it a lot. We have been so talking about much it. with sunscreen, but you often see people who are advocating for sun exposure daily for vitamin D levels. Um, but also we're taking all these supplements to like be healthier from the inside out. But the, one of the best things they could do to be healthier from the inside out from a collagen perspective is to wear sunscreen and to avoid UV radiation. <laughs> so that's where the largest body of evidence for 
minimizing collagen breakdown lies is in wearing sunscreen. Right. Right. Well, and I, maybe until we dig a little deeper, the takeaway is like, you know, whatever your feelings on sunscreen, if you, there's probably a natural one you like somewhere, just like find it and put it on. (laughs) Yep. The best sunscreen is the one that you're going to wear every day. Um, and the official recommendation is SPF 30 or higher. Right. In order to prevent or, or slow down the collagen breakdown process. So here's where collagen gets in collagen gets interesting. So it actually can't be um absorbed by your body in its whole form. Your body breaks collagen protein, um, breaks down the collagen proteins into amino acids, like the little building box blocks of proteins. Mm-hmm. So when you're eating collagen-rich foods, um, it doesn't necessarily just mean that you're gonna have more collagen in your your face because those amino acids could be like your body's going to put them where they're most needed. Right. And, and your body isn't going to prioritize your face over like totally. your, I don't know, knees or your liver. <laughs> yes. Like if there is a vital organ that really needs a few amino acids that could also maybe like boost your collagen level in your cheeks, like your body's a hundred percent giving it to the organ. Your body right. ain't no fool. Right. That's not, it's not. Your body doesn't actually care what it looks like. Your body wants to function well. So when we're talking about uh, like the dietary side of collagen, there's lots of foods that provide like ingredients to support collagen production. And they're pretty easy to eat. This basically looks like a predominantly Mediterranean style diet. So it's not actually, when you think about it, surprising that this diet lends to collagen production because it's actually one of the most studied diets out there. It's it's very... um, evidence-based for cardiovascular health. Like it's a, it's, it's, I think, and I'm just saying this, I'm not, this is not substantiated by anything other than my thoughts. Jenny's Jenny's opinion, TM. But I feel like the Mediterranean diet is the only one that has really stood the test of time in terms Mm. of how long it's been recommended. Like, I feel like it's the only one that I can think of that hasn't flip-flopped. That's not like a fad. Right. Because I, I mean, it just, anyways, so it doesn't, it's not surprising that one of the most studied (laughs) diets out there has evidence to support that it contributes to collagen production. Okay. Um, So here's a question. What's Mm -hmm. the difference between a food that supports collagen production and a food that like is high in collagen? Like, do you know what I mean? What's Mm -hmm. the like, are, so, are, is there a crossover? Is there, is it, I just think when I think collagen, I always think meats. Yeah. So theoretically collagen is, you can't have a vegan collagen because it comes right. from there's, you can have marine sources, but uh-huh. like it has to come from an animal, an animal. of some sort. But I think it doesn't really matter to be honest, if you're eating like collagen, like bone broth that like literally just has like infused Right. Collagen from the beef bones or whatever. Yeah. Or you're eating components of collagen because your body breaks it down into amino acids anyways. Either way. Right. So it doesn't really matter because Got your it. body's like, I know what to do. And it just depends on how many steps it has to take. Right. Right. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Um, so there's lots of foods that lend to improving collagen production. And it's not to say that other foods 
are like bad for collagen production. It's more just that they don't break down into the amino acids that are used for collagen production. Right. So, you know, it's not like there's like these foods are anti-collagen producing. It's more like, no, they just don't have the building blocks to make collagen. They do other things. Right. Um, so it's the main, the amino acids that uh, lend to collagen production are proline um, and glycine. So vitamin C, zinc, copper are also needed. Um, and when you're looking at foods that contain those amino acids um, and vitamins and minerals, you're looking at stuff like oranges, strawberries, bell peppers, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, potatoes, fish, eggs, um, some like meat for sure. Um, but it's not in the meat as much as in the, the, the bone and the skeletal structures, right? Because that's where you're actually getting the collagen from. Um, but the amino acids are still found in meat. Um, so turkey, chicken, pork, uh, peanuts, um, lobster, like lots of different seafood, mushrooms, nuts, leafy greens. Like it's, it's like if you're eating a generally whole foods diet that most sort of people would consider healthy from a dietary perspective, you're getting these amino acids in. You're, you're eating the kind of well-rounded, you know, platform of things that will get you to proper collagen production or increased college or collagen production period, I guess I should say in your body. Yeah. And like, it's yeah. really broad. So right. it's like <laughs> strawberries and also eggs and also fish. it's kind of like all dark leafy vegetables, right? Like that doesn't, that's not like a, a small category. Right. Right. Um, so it's not really that hard if you can afford to buy a variety of different groceries to eat in a way that is conducive to air quote support collagen production. Right. Right. And I would hypothesize that if you can afford to eat foods in this way, you can, or I should, let me put it this way. If you can afford call to buy collagen supplements, right. It's very likely that you can afford to eat this type of food. Even if you're just like redirecting the money from your collagen supplement into eggs. (laughs) Totally. Right. Like absolutely. Right. And I mean, if you wanted to get nitpicky, you would just look at the most overlapping foods, foods that have like vitamin C and glycine. And you know what I mean? Like you right. just look for the overlapping ones and put your focus Narrow there in if, on you, those. if you really wanted to, you know, be nitpicky about it. Or if you needed to for, you know, financial or access reasons. Totally. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Seasonal. Yeah, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, so when we're looking at collagen supplements, though. We're looking at like pills, powders. I don't know. I've, I've personally been familiar with like the powder and you're supposed to like blend it in your coffee. I don't know why coffee. I really don't. <laughs> I genuinely do not understand why coffee came up or who thought about that. But I mean, I personally used to do that. and I didn't notice it was in the coffee. So like, it wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a I'm habit sure stacking thing, like just put maybe. it in your coffee. I don't or, know. or it's like riding the coattails of like bulletproof somehow. It's like totally. Know, yeah, that's right? a good point. Yeah. Um, when you look at randomized control trials with dietary supplements, there really aren't a lot. <laughs> well, I feel like, and I mean, we've <laughs> talked about this at length. Anything around nutrition is really hard to study effectively mm-hmm. in a clinical double blind, mm-hmm. large scale kind of way, because A, people lie about what they eat and B, it's hard to control people not lying about what they eat. <laughs> well, and like if you're studying a collagen supplement, 
you're probably having people like you're getting people that are entering your study are more likely to people be people that are interested in participating in a supplement study. Right. So then already like, yeah, what are the behaviors you're going to see that you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, if you were to then see how much of those foods on the list are they that, you know what I mean? Like, right. Right. They're, you're it just becomes very hard to extract out what's correlation and what's causation. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and the studies that are done, like I said, are, they do have positive results. So that is important to say, like of all the studies that are available and have been reviewed by the smart people. I have not reviewed all of them. I reviewed the smart people's opinions of the reviews <laughs> of all of these studies. And the consensus is genuinely like, there's not really a harm that's been found. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is, I think, again, important as we're looking at, you know, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> wellness practices that are harmful. Yeah, totally. So And it- wellness practices that are fluffy and not substantiated, but maybe not actively harmful for people. Right. Totally. And, and, and in terms of, they sort of look at multiple outcomes and then one that they see the most improvement in is, um, knee osteoarthritis joint and joint issues. But they're also sort of people that said, Oh, and by the way, like my skin hydration seemed better. And right. y- you know what I mean? My so, nails grew faster or whatever. Sure, those other Sure. Yeah. So there, there isn't any overwhelming evidence that this is unsafe. In fact, it shows that there could be some benefit. There just mm-hmm. isn't enough information to say that there's benefit. And from it's more biochemically, the argument is, yeah, but you break it down into amino acids and then those amino acids just get triaged through your body where they're going to be used. So it doesn't mean that they're going to your hair, your nails, your face, like you can't so, like earmark it when it goes into your digestive yeah. tract. Like this is only for my nails. Please yeah. don't give it to my liver. <laughs> this is going to the crepey skin under my eyes. <laughs> okay. And nowhere else. And so that's sort of the main argument against collagen supplementation is like, Hey, right. like we understand physiology. We understand how our bodies break down proteins into amino acids. And we understand how they put them back together Right. And so when we look at that, we can't say that this is beneficial for well, your skin. <laughs> and and I think that is, again, kind of to the point that you brought up earlier. I think that makes sense as to why there would be, you know, possible benefit to conditions like osteoarthritis or chronic really? pain because that your body's like, oh, this is a problem. We better triage your knees before we, you know, send it to your heart or wherever else needs it. Yeah, potentially. I mean, if you're in a state of arthritis, like that's like a chronic inflammatory state, right? So your body's sending all sorts of messages that there's something wrong in this particular area. So without actually knowing definitively, it logically makes sense that it would prioritize some, you know, amino acids to go to this area that's using up energy by your body. Like your body knows there's something wrong there. It's sending all sorts of little messengers to fix the problem. It makes sense that it would prioritize your sad knees that feel the weather coming. (laughs) Right. 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 Yep. Totally. Um, also important to highlight, and we've talked about this so many times that supplements do not fall under, um, regulatory bodies the same way medications do. So, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but like the FDA health Canada, like they don't regulate 
these supplements and collagen peptides are a supplement. Um, they do regulate the language that they can use from a marketing perspective. Right. But it's actually really interesting because when you look at the websites for these companies, all they do is define collagen in different ways. <laughs> Collagen's a really important part of your skin's like elasticity. You, you know, like elasticity. Nail like, growth. Well, no, that is true. Like right. <laughs> that's true. So it doesn't, all it does is define collagen and therefore imply that they're just giving you that. Right. But right. they're not lying. They're just saying what collagen does. Right. And what it is. I think it's almost like unless you're kind of stopping to critically think about it, you're thinking, oh, I'm taking this collagen supplement. Like my body doesn't already have it, but if mm -hmm. I add it in via this supplement, then I'll get all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're also sort of thinking that you're replacing right. what is being lost, right. which you probably aren't. Right. Right. Maybe you probably. So we can't say that you are. Um, and what's actually, so I went into like, look and see like, when did collagen supplementation really take off? Mm -hmm. Um, and the first company to go big, I, do you want to guess you might get it? I don't it's, know. Uh, it's I don't the first one that came to mind for me too. Vital proteins. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So they were the first big company to like mainstream sell collagen supplements. There were probably smaller companies before, but they were For the sure. first big one and they were bought by Nestle in 2020. Again, as we spoke about last week, Nestle and you, Coke, you can't and, throw yeah. a rock and not hit a Nestle product. No. And I just want to, I'm going to put a link in the chat and I just find this so funny. Okay. So if you go to this link. Oh, just read the heading. Just by, like the heading of it. I'm like anything that opens with Jennifer Aniston. I just, which I mean, to be I, honest, I, is the I, woman who has been praised the most for her lack of aging, like out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It allowed her to have some real great Avino deals. I remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> sold a bunch of water. I forget oh, yeah. what was, it smart, was smart water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, totally. but read the heading of this little, I think it's a, supposed to mimic uh, a blog post. It's not a breakdown of Jennifer Aniston's daily collagen routine. I really love that. They use the word breakdown when you're thinking about like collagen breaking down inside your body. I uh, just... That is a hundred percent an accident because uh, it basically undoes their whole theory. If you <laughs> think about it like that, oh, it's but very if funny. you scroll, you'll notice there is in no way, shape or form any description of a daily routine. It's just a list of products and then what she thinks about them. <laughs> it's not well, like she, when I think of a daily routine, coffee. I think of like 8 a.m. Right, right. At this time, I do this, this. And it's just all these different products. Right. How Jennifer Aniston adds collagen to her daily routine. I spent the last year collaborating closely with the team on this bar <laughs> collection. Okay. So is that in the morning? Is that like, when does that right. happen? <laughs> right. So it, I just, it's, it's very clickbaity. Yeah. And yeah. then just a bunch of like ads products. Yeah. Right. It's just a yeah. bunch of ads. So I just thought it was kind of funny. It's not really that important, but what I do find, I do think one of the things when we're looking at viewing 
collagen supplementation from a balanced perspective, I do think there's sort of two things. And the first is, does it work or does it not? And the answer is it probably doesn't, but it also very likely does not hurt anything. Right. And could be be doing other good things in your body. I mean, totally. Right. Now we don't want people to think that um, they need collagen supplementation and should be spending because it's not, not cheap, right? Like no, you don't want, especially not if in. you're taking it every day, right. Yeah. Or you're adding, you know, your family's taking it right. Those that adds up real quick. It totally adds up, especially when it basically the literature says, Hey, we don't really know if this helps, but we do know that eating these foods are, is good for you anyways. Right. And like that will increase your collagen production. So like your buddy, your money is better spent getting that extra serving of leafy greens or totally adopting a Mediterranean style diet or pulling from the list of foods that are within a Mediterranean style diet and emphasizing those foods. But I do think one thing that does get skimmed over, and we talked about this, if you haven't listened to the beyond beef episode, Mm. the cattle industry, I have been wanting to talk about this because I listened to a great, um, news piece on how, you know, collagen is problematic for the environment. And I had a little bit of like a, Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't look into whether the Marine source collagen is just equally problematic for the environment, but in the ocean. So I do not know. I would imagine it would taste fishy and gross. That's just well, my two but cents. Even if, but even if it doesn't, I think, you know, we are not doing good things to the oceans, period. No, so no. I don't think any, a lot of products coming out of the ocean are actually real bad plans right now, generally, if we're looking from an environmental perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think, so yeah, so, so I have not looked into the environmental impact on marine life and marine source collagen this is specifically my gut tells me it's probably not great especially when it goes to a large scale right yes it's like we talked about in the clean beauty episode right it's one thing if you know one little small harvester is looking at sandalwood it's another thing when you have you know the six largest beauty brands all trying to harvest it at once well this is it right so i can't really speak to the marine aspect of it, but my spidey sense says it's probably not a hot idea, but I tried to figure out if the cattle industry used the bones from like, whether there was like, okay, if we're slaughtering cows and we're going to send the meat this way, do they just send the bones somewhere else to be used for collagen? It's, it's a little bit like the argument for leather, right? Like, yeah, well, it's going to end up in if the we're going to kill the cows anyway, we might as well have a useful product at the end of it. Again, actually, maybe our content warning is like vegans. We're going to talk about yeah. killing cows. Sorry. Well, I mean, this is probably some stuff vegans want to hear talked about right. more, to be honest. Right. They don't, yeah. but they're not the ones who need to hear it because they already believe it. Um, but I couldn't find anything and probably just because there's so many different cattle ranches and there but there was a lot of mention of like um collagen farmed cows which the wording is suggestive that like they are a specific thing that they do because you i have to wonder do they get fed a certain way like sort of like how if you're gonna make an animal a food animal you don't want it moving around a lot because you want the 
meat tender and you you want it yeah. to be like I mean, it's fatty a, and it's a not beef cow muscly. versus a dairy cow, right? Like yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like specific breeds of cow or anything. I just know that everything I saw just said cows used for collagen. Da 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 da. Right. It sounded specific. It sounded like there is a industry specificity there. Either way, we do know, and like not in a really disputable way, that cattle farming is really problematic environmentally. Um, and this at best isn't making it worse, <laughs> but right. it is creating more demand. Mm-hmm. And especially when we see that product. demand scaled up, right? Like this is where we run into, as we look at, you know, moving towards 10 billion people on the planet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So I, I think for me personally, like my take home I expected to find a whole bunch of stuff that was like, this is stupid. Don't do it. That's not what I found. Interesting. Nobody said it's, I shouldn't say that. Some people said, you know, this is dumb. Don't do it. But most people were, most sort of researchers were like, you know, it's, it might be helping you. It's not hurting you. But none of them looked at the environmental impact. And it Uh doesn't take long to figure out that the environmental, environmental impact of anything cattle farming related is not good. Yeah. It's like really bad. So it seems like the most surefire ways to increase your cosmetic collagen production are medical aesthetics procedures. So microneedling where they sort of like scratch your face with a fancy face adapter (laughs) thing. And that it it basically encourages collagen production to heal the area. I've done microneedling several times. It's honestly phenomenal. And Um, so that targets, again, if we're looking at, you know, you ingest collagen and it gets broken down into amino acids that go where your body needs it. This is a procedure that specifically targets like dermis level. Yeah. It basically like production intentionally damages your skin so that your skin repairs itself. Right. And not and like you didn't more collagen. Wear, and not like you didn't wear sunscreen intentionally Mm-mm. damages your skin. <laughs> Very different damage. Um, and then there's different treatments like laser treatments, different um, sort of like medical aesthetics type treatments that directly target collagen collagen production um in your face. And those are like definitely more surefire ways. Um, and in all honesty, there is obviously a cost difference between buying collagen powder and having $15 collagen powder and a hundreds of dollar facial procedure. But I think you could argue that, you know, the facial procedure is going to do something. (laughs) So if you just saved up every month, your vital proteins was like for a month was like 35 bucks or whatever. If you save that up for a couple of years, you could just go do something that you know is going to work, but that's not how our brains interpret cost though. (laughs) If it was, we'd all be better at saving. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Right. So yeah, so that's collagen. I feel like it's a very like middle, middle ground topic in the sense that like it's it you can just sort of take it or leave it. We'll do what you want. So I I I love that. And I think again, as we're looking at, you know, the middle ground looks like 
okay, you know, what is this actually, what does the science say this is doing? What does the science say this isn't doing? And then what are all the other things, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't, we're not, I know we're not hearing about the environmental impact of a scaled Mm -hmm. up college in production, because when I heard this news snippet, it blew my freaking mind (laughs) because I, you just, again, and I know again, not to harp on, we've talked about this before, but our brains aren't great at making step connections, right? We see something and we're like, oh, it's collagen. We don't think, oh, that collagen comes from a cow. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you know, large scale farming is problematic for a few different reasons. We know this isn't great for the environment. But again, I like so many times we come back to, you know, how can we hold systems accountable without making people feel bad for their choices, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can choose to use a collagen supplement mm-hmm. and you're not, you know, you're, you personally are not deforesting the Amazon to do that. But mm-hmm. if you're looking at ways to reduce your environmental impact, this is something else to think about. Well, and to your point, like if with your giving, you know, collagen in a smoothie for your daughter, you probably a protein powder has way too much protein for a kid. Mm -hmm. Like kids do not need. I mean, you could also argue that like the amount of protein deficient at like humans in westernized (laughs) countries is actually like pretty small and very low. But if you have kids that you're trying to like fill them up and, you know, like you know, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get them sort of like nice and full so they'll go to school. Or if you have a picky eater and the smoothie yes. is the way that you get everything in. Totally. Can, Kids with I, sensory I, issues, right? A hundred percent. Like there's going to be yeah. a place that this, and even if it's none of those and you just like your collagen powder <laughs> and you feel like your hair is better, like you feel all those things, like who cares if it's placebo? In all honesty, if I did something and my perception was that I felt and looked better, I would just keep doing it. <laughs> I take the placebo effect any day if I'm getting a result that I want. A hundred percent. And that's yeah. why the placebo effect like is a thing <laughs> and it's often not a harmful thing. And I think right. in this particular circumstance, if you're not looking, if you're looking at it at a micro level, at an individual level, it's not, it's, it's not causing great harm. Um, if you are someone who's starting to just be a bit more mindful about um, sustainability practices and the environmental impact, then maybe this is something you can, you can skip. But I think, like you said, it's not up to the consumer to change the world at a larger scale. That's way too much weight to put on any individual. So the nice thing with this topic is you can very, very easily just go with what you want to do. (laughs) (laughs) This, I love this. This feels just like the ultimate, like our, our, answer at the end of this is it's very middle ground live your life (laughs) and hold and hold corporations accountable for the things they can control as i like sip my smoothie out of a soggy paper straw and (laughs) kim kardashian takes a five minute flight it's fine it's fine (laughs) but we do what we can as people absolutely Thanks so much for listening to Little. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.